Welcome to the Zanzizi Podcast. Zanzizi Zambibi. Welcome to the Zanzizi Podcast with Red Dead 2023 on the interwebs with my good friend, returning guest, Michael Rapares. Hi, thank you for having me back on here. Of course. I, I think I think secretly you might just be a history buff on the side. You just just, just a little bit. Just, just a, a little, little bit. bit. Just a little mm-hmm. bit. Sweet. Well, uh, we were catching up a little bit. It sounds like I flubbed the time difference again. That's as, okay. <laughs> as per the usual. <laughs> but I'm I'm glad that you could make it and Seeing as uh, we both are loving video games, I wanted to get your your current take uh, with with the games you've been playing. Seeing as you do host a video game podcast, yes, my one of my if not top three favorite podcasts of all time. Not even just because of video games, just because I enjoy oh, your candor. I see you're trying to set me up for the, the plug. Yes. Video game apocalypse, video game apocalypse.com or wherever podcasts are sold. We come out every Friday and we have a top five about uh, some video game related topic. And then we launch into discussion of uh, the news and new releases and other stuff. It's fun. It's a good time. It's roughly two and a half hours every week. My God, do you have the endurance to listen? I don't. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I will admit that I seldom listen all the way through to my own podcast, but I do definitely listen, sir. Nah. But it's it's well, fun. And as a, thank as, you. as a mailman by trade, it's easy to listen to because you are a very nice person. So, um, oh, Thank you. Is there I try any, to be charming. Is there anything that you're currently playing that you would recommend? Um, only what everyone else is playing that I'd, I'd recommend, uh, you know, obviously Zelda Tears of the Kingdom yes. takes of the talk because I keep wanting to call it every time I see it abbreviated. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 is unexpectedly very good. And I just kind of go between those two things right now. I have heard such incredibly polarizing opinions on Final Fantasy 16. It's crazy. In the same family, much like the Civil War, brothers divided, families mm-hmm, torn mm-hmm. asunder. Uh, one brother says, greatest Final Fantasy game he may possibly have played in his top three. Other says, lowest, do not appreciate, do not like, will fight for the South. That sort of thing. <laughs> but... Hold on just a second. I think your audio cut for a second there. Huh. There it is. Okay. There it is. All right. No worries. Okay. No Sorry. Worries. <laughs> the mute button did not unmute twice. Uh, well, bloopers. Sorry. It's fine. I'm normally more professional than this. No, no, you are. Uh, You're great. You're fine. <laughs> Believe trying me. to move the mic in front of my face and then realize, like, oh, this is on video. I should probably <laughs> be visible. Sorry. Sorry. Um, but 
Yeah, I, I think it, it tends to differ depending on where in the story you are. Like um, for me, it, it was sort of like a low interest to high interest after, you know, getting in a few hours. And then I've heard from people later on in the story or I, I saw somebody saying, like, this is just entering Kingdom Hearts territory. I don't, I don't like this anymore. And it's like, well, what do you mean Kingdom Hearts? You mean like really lore dense? You mean like, you know, um, I, I haven't played a lot of Kingdom Hearts games. But oh, I get you. Long meditations on the meaning of the soul. What is what is this exactly? What's the complaint? I, I, I get that. I get that. Personally, I have been so into Diablo 4. Uh, it has been... An interesting time, especially for me with that game, because I wasn't expecting to love it as much as I do, but it's just been a time sink, which is mm-hmm. generally how those Blizzard games yeah. go. Uh, there's no crazy story. I mean, every five, uh, not even five, like every few periods in the game, there's like somebody who's like, oh no, get away, get away. You know, like I, it's like, yeah, every, everybody's possessed. Everybody's, you know, go figure the devil came back. It's crazy. Yeah. It's happened for the fourth time. So yeah, I did like that swerve at the beginning that they they pull on. Yeah. But I I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, yeah, I I went into Diablo four expecting like, okay, I'm going to play on PC. It's going to be very clicky. Mm -hmm. And then realizing like this actually works really well with a controller. They learned a lot with Diablo three. Yeah. And yeah, playing as a barbarian, not getting very far played to about the point where i think you get to the first city and then all of a sudden your wonderful solitary world fills up with other players and uh then you go out into the wilderness and you wander around and you try to kill a monster and then another more powerful player swoops in and kills your monster before you can finish the job uh uh, it's it's fun diablo 4 is fun i i i i think this time around i appreciated the community aspect uh, a bit more than may, maybe say I did with three when I was expecting more of two. If you get my drift, it was, it, it, it's, it, it, there's mm. a bit of a adjustment, but I am having fun and games are about having fun. So please, as Michael said, check out Fidget Game Apocalypse. They rule oh, thank you. the school. So today's episode, we are going to be focusing on presidential family members. Now, I first got into the idea of covering this mostly because I had heard a episode of The Dollop where specifically there was an episode on Billy Carter and I wanted to <laughs> delve into that. In fact, I'll save the inf- the info on him for the last character that we're, we're going to talk about. But first off, spoiler alert for a future episode on America's 26th president, Theodore Roosevelt Jr., a very, very charismatic individual, gregarious and loud and toothy smiley. And uh, (laughs) he... uh, But he had his own large family, six children, which is... I mean, granted, at the time, that was probably still even considered small in most rural towns. He advocated Mm -hmm. for every woman in America at the time, at the turn of the 20th century, to bear at least four. So, Oh, um, wow. Very progressive, down from the usual 12. (laughs) (laughs) 
We need a whole a whole small army, Martha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt was an interesting guy. Like you know, you find out his he, he had this very rustic image that he cultivated, and like you know, in American school, you learn about like the Rough Riders and then the presidency. And he rode on the Wright brothers' plane, and he said "bully, absolutely bully" afterward. But then you find out, like, yeah, he was Secretary of the Navy. Right. He uh, made a bunch of trips by stagecoach out into like the American Southwest and the Far West, and just like you know, camped out uh, and and hunted and. Uh, yeah, he, he was just a really rugged guy, and I think he had, did he have polio or something? There was something like he, some, some childhood malady that he had to overcome. He had dyslexia and ADHD. But yeah, yes, those, he, also had, he also had asthma. You're right. Ah, uh, yeah. It yeah, was, okay, that it, was it. It was actually his father, uh, Theodore Roosevelt Sr., who actually helped him mostly just out of love, because he would carry his son around and be like, Teddy, you got to breathe. Breathe, Teddy, mm-hmm. breathe. And it was just, you know, I have almost an exactly similar story where my mom, I had some disease where they're like, uh-oh, little Ryan is really not feeling good. And literally she went to the store and bought me a toy and I somehow came around. And like, mm. no joke, It's it comes from compassion in the heart and it realistically... You have to be a good parent. Bad parenting has its own severe qualities. And you mentioned the Wright Brothers plane. I almost want to do a a full episode on the Wright Brothers. But that particular flight that Teddy took, the pilot had to tell him to stop waving at crowds because he almost made the plane crash. So, jeez. But anyway, his eldest daughter, Alice Roosevelt Longford, I think she ended up marrying a senator later on, Following the 1901 assassination of President William McKinney Kinley in Buffalo, Mm -hmm. her father took office, an event that she greeted with sheer rapture. Actually, he was VP at the time, so yes, it was when McKinley was shot, assassinated, he was one of those presidents that came into it by accident if you want to call it that you know one of the one of the few i guess the only one i can think of off the top of my head would be gerald r ford but he wasn't even vp at the time so uh as i said alice was this beautiful 17 year old girl she was she became a huge celebrity at the time she was a fashion icon at age 17 and at her social debut in 1902 she wore a gown of what became known as alice blue sparkling uh sparking a color trend in women's clothing and a popular song alice blue gown huh and and now that's all completely evaporated. I've never heard of this before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say like, oh yes, Alice Blue. We all know that color, but no. You no, mean I'm the sorry. the Puff Daddy song from the nineties yeah. featuring Mace? <laughs> uh, so in in the public, Alice was the center of attention in the social context of her father's presidency, and she thrived on the attention, even as she chaffed at some of the restrictions such attention placed on her. In this, Alice resembled her father. She later said of Theodore, quote, He wants to be the bride at every wedding and the corpse at every funeral and the baby at every christening. I think... Very very complicated (laughs) set of disguises. (laughs) Everybody move that corpse. I I, I need to take its place. It's me, Teddy. (laughs) 
just this guy popping out of caskets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I love that. That it, I, you you have to imagine when somebody who's so gregarious has a has a child that if anybody's going to take the piss out of them, it's definitely going to be their oldest daughter. Oh, of course. Um, her outspokenness and antics won the hearts of the American people who nicknamed her Princess Alice. In fact, she was dubbed that. She later on will uh, went on a trip to Japan, and it was like this big, big deal, specifically at the time. is I, th- I believe Russia and Japan were in some sort of a long-term skirmish. Mm-hmm. Um, Alice was known, and this is where it gets interesting, for breaking many social norms of her era. The journal De Depaul in Paris noted that in 15 months, Alice Roosevelt had attended 407 dinners, 350 balls, and 300 parties. I don't even think I've been into that uh, uh, 5% of that many parties in my no. life. I'm wondering, like, do you, do you think she had, like, a double that she sent out to some of these things? Like, like I have to put in an appearance, but I don't want to go. She just streaks so. right through, grabs a mm-hmm. grabs a Kool-Aid, like, oh. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah, show up for 15 minutes to be polite, and then jet off to the next one. Oh, huzzah, la-ti-da, mm-hmm. let me have a little, you know, socialite drink, bye. Mm-hmm. Um... One paper alleged that she had stripped down to her lingerie at a drunken orgy held at Newport, oh Rhode my. Island. Hey, you know what? Get, get it. Be free. Sure. Rhode what I- year was this? <laughs> 1902. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah, 1902 orgy. Oh, man. Everything's in fast motion as they <laughs> Filming at weird speeds. Um, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I I, yeah, I can I can only imagine. So, as uh, this was a Newport, Rhode Island mansion, and she danced atop a table in this lingerie, a story that proved to be false, false mm. and false. Uh, How disappointing! She, I know. She smoked cigarettes in public, rode in cars with men, stayed out late partying, kept a pet snake named Emily Spinach. Emily name yeah Emily after her spinster aunt and spinach for its green color Mm -hmm. and she kept this pet in the White House actually and was seen placing bets with a bookie wow yeah a very very uh an outrageous behavior for a woman in 1902 yeah I I kind of love that though and yeah and I love you know I we were talking about Teddy I know Teddy is specifically during this time he made the kids promise that whenever they played hide and go seek he would have to be it even in the white house even as he was president <laughs> hmm. <laughs> which is kind of just endears me more to him yeah you know well, what i mean, mean the, the hiding is more fun anyway so right 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 but it, letting your kids enjoy the game to the fullest and i agree on may 11th 1908 alice amused herself in the capitol's gallery at the house of representatives by placing a tack on the chair of an unknown middle-aged and dignified gentleman upon encountering the tack quote like the burst of a bubble on the fountain like the bolt from the blue like the ball from the cannon the unfortunate fellow leapt up in pain and surprise while she looked away Mm. you know what we should be putting more tax on these people's these yes. stiff ass <laughs> politician seats just to get a rise out of them. A chicken in every pot, attack on every seat. 
Why not? Uh, yeah, that also is it's like, you know, you, you see the these old timey news reports where it's just like, yeah, that that is like the most cliche childhood prank and someone's writing about it in very breathless terms and people are reading about this and thinking like, oh, scandalous. Yeah. Or <laughs> I just like I just like the uh the days before radio. Yeah. Well or or listening to the say an uncle read the paper and talk about this and then like the mm-hmm. the three tooth southern boy looking at his uncle and saying gee you know they're just like us ain't they mm-hmm. uncle jimmy you know <laughs> like them celebrities <laughs> them, what i reads about in us weekly princess alice is a lot like my pet squirrel charles mm-hmm. he's always putting tax on my chair too <laughs> oh boy so <laughs> Uh, the 1902 studio. Okay, so there, there's a really great picture. If you follow our Instagram, I'm going to post it on there. ZNZZ podcast on Instagram. Once a White House visitor commented on Alice's frequent interruptions to the president's office, often to offer political advice. And the exhausted president, our dear Teddy, commented to his friend, author Owen Wister, after she interrupted their conversation for the third time and he threatened to throw her out the window, quote, I can either run the country or I can attend to Alice, but I cannot possibly do both. Hmm. So she was a handful. Yeah, both both seem like uh, big attention sinks, I guess. (laughs) I would, uh, yes, yep. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. But all, all yep. the all the kids were, and right down to his youngest son, who actually sadly um, died in World War One. He was able uh, to yeah. get a, a job. I think his name was Quincy. Died uh, in enemy territory. Sad, sad, sad little final chapter to his legacy. Yeah. Well, lots, lots of the biggest, you know. Larger than life presidents have that that tragedy around them. Like uh, you know, Lincoln, same thing. I think he he lost a son before he died, and it's part of what made his wife developmental problems. That's true. And then I think their oldest son was the one who was specifically in charge because after Lincoln uh, Abraham was assassinated, hmm. uh, the mother was pretty inconsolable, and I think it's Robert Todd Lincoln had basically made the decision that Mary had to go to the home at the time, mm. which would have had some grossly inc- grossly incorrect name for the time, so we'll just call it a home. Yeah. But, um... The sanatorium. The insane Looney Tune cartoon mm-hmm. vista. Yeah. Um, Elliot Roosevelt. Franklin Delano Roosevelt's son. Now, this is interesting to me. Obviously, FDR is a future episode and a super fascinating president as a whole, just be just basically from his terms and when he would have served uh, during World War II and his relationship with uh, Winston Churchill, which is quite fascinating if you if you fall down a little YouTube rabbit hole. But as a uh, his son. Elliot, as a reconnaissance commander, Roosevelt pioneered new techniques in night photography and meteorological hmm. data gathering. But his claims to a distinguished record on combat missions have been largely discounted. 
After the war ended, he faced an investigation by the U.S. Congress on charges of corruption, including accusations that he had recommended the purchase of the experimental Hughes XF-11. Reconnaissance reconnaissance aircraft ahead of a Lockheed model that was believed to be superior. Ultimately, he was found blameless. I vaguely remember that from the aviator. Wasn't that a thing that like, yeah, you have sweetheart deals with the government that you shouldn't have. Exactly. Actually, Howard Hughes is specifically so fascinating side tangent to I think that I'm not sure if the aviator was Scorsese but did you see Mm -hmm. did you see the trailer for his new one the killers of the blood moon or flower flower moon I I have not check it out uh, it looks awesome it's another three and a half hour movie that I'm gonna sit through happily can't wait can't wait (laughs) Uh, Roosevelt Elliott published a book about his attendance at several major allied war conferences and a controversial expose of his parents private life he also wrote 22 mystery novels his career also embraced broadcasting ranching politics and business he served as the 24th mayor of Miami Beach Florida from 19 1965 to 1967 interestingly enough okay i you know i i I don't know what else to say about that particular sibling i just kind of found it fascinating to think about the the sons of presidents who served and i think there's a bit of that part that of you that makes you kind of go well of course they get some sort of special treatment but According to, again, and I'm going back to Teddy, most of his sons were, and, and even in in the case of Lincoln, Robert Todd Lincoln, they were all very successful people. And I understand that a, a name carries weight, but there there is something to the charisma of a name and the the family. Um, and then there's there's people like, we'll say Roger Clinton, our next. Character here. Uh, How old do you remember? Were you high school when Bill Clinton was in office? Yeah, yeah, I guess 92. So that's right when I was starting high school. Okay. So, yeah. Interesting. Grew up in a very conservative area, so got got to hear lots of Clinton hate. (laughs) Well, Bill Clinton's brother, half brother, Roger Clinton. Uh, his Secret Service code name was Headache, um, <laughs> which I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> when Bill Clinton was governor of Arkansas in the 1980s, his half brother Roger served time in federal prison after being convicted of conspiracy to distribute cocaine in a sting investigation that Clinton himself had authorized. What, Bill? Huh. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. <sighs> Mostly I just remember Roger Clinton from, uh, like, didn't he host, like, a Comedy Central thing? There was a bit of that, yes. Like a special, yeah. He cashed in on a bit of that Clinton celebrity, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure if you could get him into, say, like, a second-rate, like, Burger King commercial or a walk-on in, like, some B-tier comedian's uh, project... He would definitely do mm-hmm. it for a, a yeah. hot bag of McDonald's and a hundred bucks. Um, Roger Clinton endorses the McRib. <laughs> I got to try this thing. Said no one ever. Don't listen to my brother. 
<laughs> I'm a shamrock shake man. Um, <laughs> it, it, so it, when Clinton left the White House, it emerged that Roger, too, had lobbied for pardons, in addition to the one his brother granted mm-hmm. him for his drug conviction. And in 2001, he was arrested on drunk driving charges in her Oh, dear. Yeah. Don't do that. No. Don't do that. That's no. bad. Guys, I'm, this is just your, your, your daily reminder. Uber. Uber, Uber. Or Lyft. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just get home. Or cabs. I hear those are coming back. <laughs> Normal ass taxis. You know what? I fuck Apple Plus. I yep. newsboys are coming back. <laughs> Newsies. <laughs> so, um, so as I said, he's he gets a drunk driving charge in Herm- Hermosa Beach, California, after a police officer saw him driving erratically. Quote, every time I saw or talked to mother, I was heartsick. Bill Clinton wrote of the period during which he had to keep the drug sting operation secret from her and Roger. Every time I looked in the mirror, I was disgusted. I had been so caught up in my life and work that I'd missed all the signs. So his brother wow. was his brother was not such a great person and I I had I had initially planned on tangenting off specifically about Hillary Clinton's brothers. It's about the same sort of thing, just mm-hmm. in a different it's it's the kind of bored like backroom favory type stuff that you hear about with almost all businessmen. You know, they're they're using their name to get some sort of favor, whether it's internationally or in our country. And not only were they, the Rodhams, specifically doing shady deals, but um, uh, there was also the same type of stuff with addictions. And mm. it's, it's, it's the same story. And even Obama had like a half uncle from Kenya who was like caught on, caught on a drunk driving thing. And it's like, I'm Obama's uncle. And it's like, shut up. Don't drive drunk. Right. Again, yeah. there's your reminder. What is, what is it with the ruling class and drunk driving and cocaine? I don't... Cocaine? Well... I guess, I guess there's lots of uh, pressures when you get to that level. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I think it's just, it's the idea of I'm going to get away with it, you know, because mm. I can just flash my ID and they'll see, wait a minute, Lincoln, Zach Lincoln, you know, like, go ahead, sir. And then you just mm-hmm. slowly drive your car off a cliff or whatever, because you're so yeah. inebriated. <laughs> um, and it's a Model T, so it goes like, what, you know, 15 <laughs> miles an hour. Zachariah Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Donald Nixon, or uh, yes, Richard Nixon's brother. Uh, this is an, uh, wow. another interesting character. So, in G- I am so excited to eventually get in, obviously, about Nixon and Watergate. I think there's some saving graces to Nixon in retrospect as a history guy, like, obviously. Extending an olive branch to China at the time was a good idea, and and I'm all for communication between like high level leaders of internationally, like of countries and everything like that. I think it's important to communicate and to hopefully, you know, if you can help out your country and our country, and we can make some sort of agreement and help the environment. Speaking yeah. of again, Teddy Roosevelt, major, major conservationists. This is one of the reasons we have so many uh, state parks. Um, 
In January, January 1957, Howard Hughes lent Nixon... This is Don Nixon, $205,000 to bail out his Nixon's Drive-In Restaurant in Whittier, California. Interesting. Wow. I'm uh, just trying to imagine that transaction. Howard Hughes investing in a burger chain. I, I also it's just failing. love that the names of some of these people are just going to be commonly coming back up. Like, we just talked about Howard Hughes a second mm-hmm. ago, and here he comes, like, oh, crazy Howard Hughes, like... Yep, yep. Having a clean Xboxes on his feet, <laughs> urine in jars, giving 250k to Nixon's brother. Not, just not his best, just, not his best moments. No. Uh, questions about whether this was a political favor dogged, uh, dogged Richard Nixon during his campaign for president, and later when he sought the governorship of California. So. Nixon was not a huge fan of his brother. Uh, Nixon never lived that down, and one of the many speculated motives for the 1972 Watergate burglary that ultimately led to Richard Nixon's resignation was a desire to find proof that the then Democratic National Committee Chairman Larry O'Brien was also secretly working for Hughes. So it's like he got, you know, you get an enemy, and you're just... Nixon was... Nixon was... So fucking paranoid. Oh yeah. It, well, you said he didn't like his brother. Like, did he like anybody? Yeah, was was yeah. there one person Nixon considered a genuine friend? Maybe his dog. I don't know. He loved his wife. I. Uh, you know what? I. There. There are two things Nixon loved. Y- you know what? Three. You're right. His dog. He definitely loved his dog. His hmm. dog. He. He would have been one of those guys to say, "Oh, dog is a man's best friend." And his wife. He courted actually pretty hardcore. He he was the nerd who didn't let up. He he was like, one day you're going to marry me. And she did. Mm-hmm. Um, and she worked in a library. If I'm, you can double check me on that. And if I'm wrong, send an email to zanzizipodcast at gmail.com. I can take it. But he, he was an intensely, intensely paranoid person of the time. He was a, another one of these guys who's like, he's a communist, you know, or Sure. What would be the equivalent of today of somebody constantly calling everybody and their grandma a socialist? Um, Nixon, obviously, wasn't a huge fan of Hughes. Uh, John H. Meyer, one of Hughes' former business advisors, in collaboration with former Vice President Hubert Humphrey and others, was using Donald, this is the brother again, Donald Nixon, to feed misinformation to his brother, the president. Hmm. Meyer told Donald that he was sure the Democrats would win the election since they had a lot of information on Richard Nixon's illicit dealings with Howard Hughes, which had never been released, and that Larry O'Brien had the information. And now, after becoming the U.S. president, Richard Nixon sent a White House investigator, Anthony Ulusetowicz, Setowicz. What is to say, Tony? Tony Alessowicz? Alessowicz. Maybe. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. To rescue Don, thank you, sir. To rescue Donald Nixon's son, Donald Nixon Jr., from a hippie commune in the California mountains. Those goddamn hippies. I, I that doesn't surprise me. Mm, no. Political columnist Jack Anderson revealed the incident in his column of June 21st, 1973 in Roth of Ulchowitz. The burly former private eye persuaded Donald to trim his hair and to return home and reported that the White House aide John er- Elrickman 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 
You're good. At, you're better at pronouncing this. <laughs> I studied German for a little while. Ehrlichman. Ehrlichman. Yeah. Thank you. Admonished Donald Jr. in a two-hour lecture to, quote, behave himself and do nothing to embarrass the president, his uncle, Richard. In 1974, the staff of the Senate Watergate Committee disclosed additional information to support the charge that Charles... Rebozo gave or lent part of a $100,000 campaign contribution to President Nixon's personal secretary, Rosemary Woods, and to Nixon's brothers, Donald and Edward Nixon. So he was paranoid and he kept taps on his brother just as he kept taps in all of the White House. In fact, mm-hmm. you can go on YouTube and listen to Nixon talk and say some pretty pretty rough things but not nothing that your paranoid uncle hasn't said drunk at thanksgiving i'm always kind of surprised to, when i realize you know that richard nixon was a quaker like you think of quakers as being you know such like oh they're they're very gentle kind people nixon was an asshole <laughs> like he was the king of the assholes in the 60s and 70s yeah um, he wasn't cool and, no, and that's, I mean, you know, I know the presidency is a high-pressure job, but man, it, uh, it, it it was, you know, it was the nerd being dogged by the cool JFK his whole life. That mm-hmm, makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, JFK was just a stud. You know, he 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 said really he was a very eloquent speaker, and the two of them always butted heads. Um, I mean, Nixon didn't like him, but he respected him. And Mm -hmm. one of the most interesting uh, speeches I've ever watched, and I highly recommend you check it out, is the um, resignation resignation speech that Nixon has when he is basically telling his party, you know, don't give up hope. I think that's Mm -hmm. when he shows, like, true manhood. And say what you want about current politics, but a president that actually says, you know what, I fucked up and I'm sorry, I'd take that 10, you know, over some some people, we'll just say. Yeah. Did did Nixon ever say I fucked up and I'm no, sorry? I, I, I guess at I least, thought, yeah. I guess, like, you're right. The closest I think people got to a real admission of guilt was the the Nixon Frost interview when he said, uh, "If the president does it, it's not illegal." Right. Uh, yeah, you're right. There, but I guess I'm saying more so in the resignation, like mm-hmm. he understood the weight of what was happening. Yeah. So regardless of admission, you're having an admission of some sort of like this isn't this isn't a movable object, and I have to step away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, I have to, I have to, I have to say, if that's the best we're going to get out of our politicians, thank you. Fine, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, I'm I, I'm a half glass full guy, so it's just in my nature to think that way. Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And all right, so this is our last guy that we're going to cover today. This all is right. that we're getting finally to Billy Carter. Interesting, oh, man. interesting fella. Obviously, Let's open a can of Billy beer. There you go. Sitting around since the seventies. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, we elected the wrong Carter. Um, 
William Alton Carter was the fourth and youngest child of Lillian and James Earl Carter. Billy Carter attended Emory University, served in the United States Marine Corps, and later worked in the Carter family's peanut business. Mm, mm-hmm. Peanuts. What yeah. kind of what are, what are your favorite type of nuts? Uh, I've always been partial to cashews, although I think those are technically a legume. Uh, pistachios, I guess. Um, but yeah, the the article you're you're looking at here talks about he uh, had the uh, was it peanut Lolita, the whiskey and peanut liqueur. It's I- like I'm curious about that. <laughs> What, what did that taste like? Is that something you can buy now? Because I've been to Georgia, and there's, like, boiled peanut stands every 500 feet. But... <laughs> well, I yeah, I... I I can't imagine, and you know when I when I did drink, I specifically re- remember trying a few things and thinking they were gonna be god awful. Mm-hmm. So I'm always I'm always surprised. I mean, as a little boy, I was like mushrooms; those are disgusting. Now I can't get enough of them. People's yeah, yeah. Pe- people's taste buds tend to mature, um, but then there are certain things that I just can't can't do. And I get that. Mm. And, and a, a liqueur? I don't know. I mean, I guess mm. I would have never thought barley was going to be the main ingredient of beer, but here we are. Yeah. Right. So. Peanut liqueur is just... Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, probably delicious. What do I know? I got to say walnuts also. Love it. Mm. Love a good never walnut. liked walnuts. Really? They were always just bland and waxy. All right. Yeah. I understand. Um, So in 1970, uh, Billy Carter was managing partner and 15% owner of the Carter family's peanut business. By 1976, Billy, this is pretty good, had increased revenues to $5 million per year. Wow. It's pretty good for a peanut farm. I would say. In 1972, Billy Carter purchased a gas and service station in Plains. He owned and operated it for most of the decade. At its peak, he sold 2,000 cases of beer a month and more than 40,000 gallons of gas. Um, just just uh, later, as a, as, a, as a note, in 2009, the uh, gas station became the Billy Carter Service Station Museum via the University of Georgia. So is it a is service station like that houses a museum to Billy Carter or is Billy Carter maintaining a service station museum at a service station? Like he's it's about the history of service stations. <laughs> it's fucking gas station inception, man. Yeah. <laughs> Put a gas station museum <laughs> in the gas station. <laughs> oh God. Uh I'm going to assume I'm a Billy Carter museum, probably with lots of pictures of what you mentioned, Billy Beer. But mm. um, Billy Carter ran for mayor of Plains in 1976, but lost the election, 97 to 71 votes, to A.L. Blanton, an Albany airport air traffic controller. That name just sounds like a, the biggest nerd on the planet. Names, mm. names A.L. Blanton, just an air traffic controller by day. Yep. Your, your future mayor. Yep. <laughs> All right. 
In the 1970s, Billy Carter was the official spokesperson for Peanut Lolita. You're right. There it is. Peanut Peanut Lolita. Liqueur, while his brother Jimmy Carter held presidential office. Wow. I I have to wonder, did Lolita hold the same meaning meaning then that it does now? Because, like, yeah, I don't like the idea of a liqueur named for an underage girl. (laughs) Underage girl. Or Mm. or the... the, was it? I, I want to say Russian novel. Um, yes, made yeah, in, by by Nabokov. That's where the Nabokov. term comes from. Yeah. No, I, I was I, I meant the Stanley Kubrick movie that came. Oh, first. okay. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> Nabokov wrote the novel. It was a novelization of the movie. It was very popular back then. Yeah, I prefer the Back to the Future book, not the movie. Exactly. Yeah. It's nothing you like read that. Spaceballs, the book by future R.L. Stein, <laughs> then known as Jovial Bob Stein. You get all kinds of gags that weren't in the movie that are specific to the book. Fantastic. Jo- Jovial Bob Stein. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Before he was the author of Goosebumps. Well, that's interesting. Good luck. Am I coming? Sorry, am I coming in like really loud for you? I'm, I'm noticing I'm kind of peeking on that timeline here. Oh no no no! Uh, you're you're good. You're good. Okay. All it, right. It, no no Back issues. Um, in 1977, although a Pabst Blue Ribbon ribbon drinker, he endorsed Billy Beer, introduced by the Falls City Brewing Company, who wished to capitalize upon his colorful image as a beer drinking Southern good old boy, that developed in the press when his brother ran for president. So if 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 you're ever curious, you should look up. Uh, fair listener uh some of B- billy carter's just drunken rants online he's oh. some of them are obviously a bit too colorful for maybe modern colorful for maybe modern ears um mm-hmm. but he's definitely one of these people who is having a good time and it's an interesting little piece of of history he he's just Again, he's your drunk uncle who shows up to the party and sometimes says something funny, and sometimes you're like, okay, time for a nap, Billy. Yeah, oh, God, Drunkle (laughs) Billy's here. God damn it. Drunkle. So he, uh, perhaps I would assume, wasn't very happy about that, but uh, Billy Carter's name was occasionally used as a gag gag answer for a Washington, D.C. troublemaker on 1970s episodes of Match Game. So it, it was it, the see the thing about it is and this is one of the commonalities that I saw a lot with all of these family members of presidents or even famous celebrities it seems to be the press just eats this stuff up cuz i mean hmm. if you 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 have basically one of two different styles of president like a cowboy a crazy guy or a nerd and I think Jimmy Carter specifically is like about as milk toast as they come. And yeah, he did. He he's just. No, I, I'm just saying. It, it, overall, his his energy was kind of like, well, I can't tell if Grandpa's sleeping or if he's enjoying the music, but he seems to be smiling. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Carter's always smiling. It seems like he is, and he's still alive. Yeah, still is, is he still doing the Habitat for Humanity stuff, or did he finally have to back that off? That I think he had to stop, but for a while there, he was still rolling out and tapping on a few nails and then rolling away. Um, hmm. 
so as I mentioned, he, Billy Carter was like a, a, a joke gag answer on Match Game. He was known for his outlandish public behavior. He once urinated on an airport runway in full view of the press and dignitaries. Nice. Classy. Yeah. <laughs> By 1979, he drank half a gallon of vodka and whiskey a day. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hey, we're getting- that, that seems lethal. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That'll 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 set you back a, f- a few a few maybe decades. In mm-hmm. February 1979, Carter was admitted to seven weeks of rehabilitation at the Long Beach, California Navy Hospital alcohol treatment facility, where Betty Ford went for nearly four weeks. He later did become sober and reportedly extended support to other addicts in their own recovery. Hooray! In late 1978 and early 1979, Billy Carter, and this is where we're going to get to some Billy, what are you doing there, bud? He uh, visited Libya three times with a contingent from Georgia. He eventually registered as a foreign agent of the Libyan government and received a $220,000 loan. That's so fucking wild. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. The New York uh, the New York Times reports belief that only one thousand dollars was repaid. Hmm. No, what was a string attached to the rest of that money? It was. It was, uh, was Gaddafi in charge in seventy nine, or had he not taken power yet? I'm pretty sure he's not in power, but it's close. Hmm. Gaddafi future episode. Uh, All right, that'll be for the downer. <laughs> downer months we'll see however edwin p wilson claimed he had seen a telegram showing that libya paid billy carter two million dollars actually this led to a senate hearing on alleged influence peddling which the press named billy gate in fact mm. when i put in billy Carter, billy carter into google to search just for facts and dates billy gate was like the second thing that popped up so this was a big this was a big big deal, especially when it's got a tag like that after Watergate. Um, a Senate subcommittee was called to investigate activities of individuals representing interests of foreign governments, and uh, Jimmy Carter, who had to speak on his brother, said, "Quote: I am deeply concerned that Billy has received funds from Libya, and that he may be under obligation to Libya." These facts will govern my relationship with Billy as long as I am president. Billy has had no influence on U.S. policy or action concerning Libya in the past, and he will have no influence in the future. Yeah. And I, I looked it up, and Gaddafi had been in power. Like about, oh, shit. At, he, he would been in power about 10 years at that oh, point. Well, so I missed uh, Yeah, totally. that's, that's not great. So, yeah, you thought, you thought the Hunter Biden laptop scandal was a big deal. Uh, how about the president's brother might be taking bribes? from Libya scandal. That's that's pretty major. Yeah, I can't think of anything. The beer seems less cute in light of that. (laughs) I don't know, man. It's like, you know, oh man, what a time to be alive. The president has a redneck brother with his own beer brand and a redneck brother. Uh, And yeah, and he's taking bribes from a terrorist state. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Michael. I put googly eyes on my beer, and it's go- it, it's it's just as 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 delightful mm-hmm. as ever. Yeah, still cute, still cute. Fine. That's right. 
1981, he was forced to sell his Plains properties to pay taxes and debts and moved to Haleyville, Alabama, selling for Tidwell Industries. In 1985, he became vice president of Scott Housing Systems, which seems like a bit of a downgrade. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, in modern times if he would have ended up being an Uber driver. Hmm. Yeah. Carter was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in the fall of 1987. He received unsuccessful treatments for the disease. He died in planes the following year at age 51. Wow. That's young. Yeah. But, I mean, that's uh, that's what drinking a half a jug. Yeah, of vodka, half a gallon a yeah. day. Good Lord. That's not good, folks. No, no. Give your liver respite, respite whatever. Make it, mm-hmm. fill it, fill your body with some fruit and veggies occasionally. Um, after the death of his, this was, he died five years after the death of his sister, Ruth Carter Stapleton, who also died of pancreatic cancer at age 54. And their father, James Earl Carter Sr. also died of the disease at age 58. Wow. And that's been siblings, family members, or maybe a first part, part one of, of more to come, because honestly, there was probably in the range of about six or seven others that were interesting mm-hmm. but i i pulled a few facts from the wiki wikipedia and kind of con- condensed them into one episode and i figured i'd have you on as it has it has yeah. been a little while since i've seen you my friend well thank you thank you um yeah we we didn't uh talk about one of my favorites uh oh go ahead the uh, Calvin Coolidge Jr. I don't know if you know this story. I, I've retained one thing about this guy. So he he worked on a tobacco farm when he was like 15, according to this thing I'm reading. Uh, mm-hmm. Feathers, uh, Feather Schwartz Foster dot blog. Uh, but uh, one of the other boys on who was working on the farm said, "Boy, if my old man were president, I wouldn't been working here." And uh, Calvin Coolidge Jr. said, "If your old man were my old man, you would." Was, yeah, Calvin Coolidge, well renowned said. for his uh, hard-nosed work aesthetic, and was not about to let his kids coast on being the president's son. So, I appreciate that because mm-hmm. all my kids are going to have to work hard if they ever want to retain my type of mailman hard drive yeah. i'm just gotta saying. pass that down <laughs> indeed well it's fun to talk about this sort of stuff with you but if anyone wants to hear your voice again where 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 can they find you michael oh they can hear me again every friday at video game apocalypse and i am not misspelling or, or i'm not slurring the word video game he's it not is speaking like me now, Vidja Game, uh, V-I-D-J-A, Game Apocalypse, uh, it's a long-ass podcast about video games. We try to keep it funny, and we have guests on. Listen to us, why don't you? Yes, do it, do it, and learn. Thank you. Learn more. He's a great guy. He's a great follow on Twitter. Oh, thank you, and thank you. What are the I new- never post anything on I, Twitter. <laughs> well, you used to. They, sometimes, sometimes they, I do. Every they, once in a while. They popped up with like six new social media things, and I'm like, I'm too old to do another one, man. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I hit my limit. I, I'll just do podcasts, and people can find them on all the different things. And if they want to hear my opinion or, or my fellow friends like yourself who do podcasts, they can find their podcast. And you, oh, you dropped them, you said, every Friday, right? 
Yeah, every Friday. Every Friday. Sometimes we're late. Most most Fridays. Uh, most Fridays. That's true. But you know what? That's part of part of a of a good week. You get us on Mondays and you get Michael on Fridays. And sometimes, yes, we do drop episodes on Fridays. But not to overshadow Michael, because like I said, this guy does a marathon show. Oh, um, thank you. Do you have any uh, anything else you'd like to throw out there or plug? Um, follow me on Twitter at Wikiparas, W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Uh, follow my show on Twitter at VG Apocalypse and tune in to the uh, kind of funny games, Game Daily from, I think, July 6th to hear uh, Greg Miller get confused when he sees my name and the byline of an article. Uh, that was a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Mickle, Michael, Mickle, Michael. Oh, yeah. And well, we, see, we all can't speak out there. We got it. Uh, so, check out our show. Uh, this video will be uploaded to YouTube, so you can watch our channel on YouTube at Zanzizi Podcast. Also, the audio. Please rate and review. We have a shout out episode coming soon. We're up to about five sh- shout outs that we need to do. I hear you. We're gonna get on it. And also, please join the Discord link in the description. And that has been your episode. Have a great one, guys.